Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Fast and Furious is at a crossroads. Is Umbrella Academy better the second time around? And are you ready to be attacked by sharks? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or if you have some of those Facebook gaming stars, you can throw some to us as well, you know, just love having them thrown our way. Plus, also, if you can like, share, follow, support, or do anything you can to help us out, that would be truly appreciated. want to give a shout-out to Bill, you just did another great job sending us an awesome letter with thoughts on our list that we had for the top 20 in our top 100-ish movie countdown. I'm glad you got a chance to enjoy it. I know your picks, like everybody out there, we've been getting some feedback. I know my my picks, my picks, my picks. Well, this was a gathering of all of the picks that listeners sent in lists to, so we truly appreciate everyone that sent in their thoughts on it. So if you get a chance, check that out on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. But yes, Bill, we truly appreciate you sending in a letter. And if you, everybody out there, you want to get a chance to send us your thoughts at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter or Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own great white shark of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today on shows you also need to rate five stars himself. And that is the Super BS Gamescast and Topicocalypse, plus his book, which you should also give five stars to and grab from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. That is Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Just uh, hanging out, you know, out here in the heat. That's obviously not as bad as yours, but uh, yeah, 95 degrees, man. We're, like I said, it was a nice, cool, minty 105 today, so I guess that's not going to be too bad for us, but it is going to be something we're going to be talking about when it concerns sharks, because there's a lot of sharks going on this week, because it is that time of the year again. It is time for Discovery's Great White, actually should just say Discovery Shark Week, so I know that's a very big time for them. We're going to talk about the importance of that week to the Discovery Channel and to cable overall coming up here in a few minutes. Plus, we're also going to be talking about the second season 
of Umbrella Academy and also Star Trek Lower Decks, its first episode. How did it go? I have some thoughts on that. Plus, Ubisoft. Ubisoft, Ubisoft, Ubisoft. One of Josh's favorite publishers that's out there. They recently introduced or are introducing this week to the world out there their version of the Battle Royale that is obviously so famous by Apex Legends and, of course, Fortnite called Hyperscape. And so we're going to talk about that coming up later on in the show as well. Jessica Box is coming back for part two part deux, of her August TV update. And last but not least, at the back end of the show, we're going to be talking about Fast and Furious Crossroads and how this brings back a, I guess, a time-honored or time-not-so-honored video game tradition with movie tie-in video games. But first, my friend, it is Shark Week. The Discover Channel is, it's there, it's ready to attack you. It's you know, all the stuff going on there in regards to Shark Week is concerned. I see Guy Fieri, oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't get eaten by a shark. That would be bad for cable television. But I wanted to ask you this, my friend. When it comes to Shark Week on the Discovery Channel, how important is it to not only the Discovery Channel, but over the course of the years and the kind of ratings it gets, how is it important to cable television as a whole? Because as you've seen with the declining numbers and people cord cutting and all that, Shark Week has become a major part of the cable TV year. I agree. I also don't really know if it's as important anymore. It used to, because Shark Week's kind of become a, uh, I don't know, like sports. Like you go over to someone's house and you, have a bunch of beers and you sit there and watch shows about sharks. Like that's what it's kind of become. Like I, I see a lot of people going, yeah, shark week party. And there's like cake and you know, they're posting pictures of champagne bottles and, and hard alcohols and stuff like that. So I don't know if people are actually watching it as much as using it as just an excuse to get together. But yeah, I mean, this is, I don't discovery channel. I know a lot of people who do watch discovery channel, but it seems like this is probably the time of year where they get the most viewers. I've also seen that National Geographic is doing a shark month on their channel. So I, I don't know if they're trying to steal some of those viewers, but you know, in the grand scheme of cable television, I would say that it is probably one of the most popular events on cable TV, how long it's going to stay that way. I, you know, who's, who's to say, but you know, right now it, it seems to be, one of the few things that does keep people clinging the cable instead of completely cutting the cord. I agree with you on that. It is very important as far as keeping people invested in what many consider a failing or dying business in cable television. So I think that's something that people have to consider is because how big is this to cable television? I mean, I spoke to Jessica Box from the TV ratings guide about this in the past as far as those certain niche shows that are still on cable television. I think we'll also mention one of the shows that's that we're going to be talking about coming up later in the show. I'm sure I'm going to mention Yellowstone, which I did mention as far as being a big reason why the alienist hasn't gotten over the second time around it's because it's a huge event every Sunday night for television for them. But for the discovery channel, this is huge. This is something I don't want to say it's like their Black Friday, where Black Friday for many retailers can be up to 60 to 70 percent of their entire earnings. That that Black Friday weekend, that holiday period for them. 
but this is pretty huge and it really dictates what they're going to be doing going forward because not only does it set the bar for ratings for them as it has for now several years since they started it and you talked about how the other networks are trying to buy in with National Geographic trying to buy in with their shark month and shark related things because they see that but for them at Discovery Channel, it also helps introduce people to what's coming up in the fall. Advertising dollars for Shark Week are much higher than at any point in time for Discovery Channel. So for them at the Discovery Channel, this is a very, very important week. Yeah, I mean, and here's a couple of things that they do correctly as opposed to the other networks is the fact that, one, they have celebrities doing their their shows narrating or or doing the or even part uh, of it like i just saw with guy fieri yeah yeah, guy fieri last year they had kevin hart and shaquille o'neal i think on one of the shows the rock was on one of them they do a great job with that and i think shark week has built the reputation to where if they did want to go to a certain celebrity they'd be like oh yeah that'd be awesome i know mike tyson's on something coming up either today or tomorrow they also do i think with with discovery channel what kind of sets them apart is that you go on a lot of like you watch Nat Geo or you watch Animal Planet or whatever it might be. They do shows with sharks, but they're they're very. Um, I don't want to like cheapen what Shark Week is, but the, those shows are very educational. Whereas Discovery Channel does a good job of crafting a story around what's going on. With also, this. There's a lot of shock, kind of shock and awe. Uh, shock and awe. Quick yeah, cuts I've before the did... commercial. Mm-hmm. So I've I've always admired how they do that, and I always love that one. They do, they do one of these every year, right? With with where it's like, is this real or not? They always do one documentary where they're kind of like pulling a fast one on the audience, and I think that's good too. Discovery Channel does it upright. The big question here is like, say one of the streaming networks, Netflix or something, decides to do a uh, you know do some big shark events. Is that going to pull away from Discovery Channel, or do they have enough pool to? Uh, to keep people subscribed to cable. And that's the thing. That's the major question. Are they going to be able to go ahead and keep on having Shark Week be this event going forward? Because as we talked about and hinted to and alluded to, not only on this program, but previous many others, cord cutting is a real thing. Cord cutting has been a real thing now for a couple of years. And with the advent and strength that Netflix and now Disney Plus and HBO Max, Peacock is now putting their name in there, Amazon Prime. And you've talked about it before as far as the cost is concerned by having to pay for one and the other and the other and the other. Cable television at a considerably higher cost is something that a lot of people cannot keep on affording, even if it is for Shark Week or whatnot. So... People are looking forward to seeing if they can get some of that Shark Week action on other programming, maybe on streaming programming, and they're able to say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and sacrifice Shark Week because after all, it's only a week. So that's what I want to say right now. It's just there's a big concern right now that if Shark Week doesn't continue to grab audiences, that's a bad sign for Discovery Channel, but also a bad sign for cable overall. Yeah, right. I mean, it's... You know, you can't beat the convenience of being able to watch something when you want to watch it, right? And I'm, I know cable has tried to do that with, you know, their on-demand services, but even still, like, you don't get the full experience of Shark Week via on-demand. So, I mean, if this is something that's causing families 
to actually sit down on their couches and spend time together while they watch Shark Week. I mean, I think that that's a huge positive. Uh, whether or not that's going to be sustainable, I guess we'll have to wait and find out as more and more streaming services get announced and more stuff you know, unrolls. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. It will be interesting to see what happens because, you know, without these major event weeks or periods or shows or times where cable gets to the forefront of the action without you know having those it looks like cable would be really a lot in a, in much a worse place than they are now and they're already in a declining place as is with the advent of streaming networks and the popularity of them so we'll have to wait and see what the numbers look like going forward i think our friends at the tvrainsguide.com will keep you in tune with what's going on and every day as far as the shark week discovery ratings are concerned I want to go ahead and give them a shout out in fact like i said earlier jessica box is going to be joining us later on in the show if you're listening on radio and also on podcasts she's going to be stopping by for part two of her august tv update talk about everything else going on in the tv world but yes for the major part of this week the focus will be on the Discovery Channel, a channel which doesn't always get the attention that it deserves because there's always a lot of good stuff. And yes, you could say they might uh, you know, dramatize it, they might add stars into it to give it that star flavor, and it may not be as educational as you might want it to be. But remember, as I said before, that people love the suspense. People want to know if that guy's arm is going to get bitten off that you got to saw that cut to right before the break. And suspenseful music and all that and you want to see if there's any real danger involved or if it's just something that they're going to go ahead after the break and say everything's okay so you really are in tune with what's going on with discovery channel and shark week because it's been keeping your attention now for many people it's been keeping the attention of many people now for years and years and years and Discovery Channel with shark week really is their big time of the year and it's also one of the biggest times of the year cable what are your thoughts out there on discovery shark week are you looking to dive into it and take a bite out of it on cable television or are you going to go ahead and say you know what i'll wait till some of the stuff gets to a streaming format or you know what unfortunately the cost of cable is just too much for my blood shares your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And yes, while it lasts, before it gets banned, Pop Culture Cosmos on TikTok. Well. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA. Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. My friend, there's also much to talk about when it concerns the Umbrella Academy, which recently debuted on Netflix for season two. A lot of people were excited about it. We talked about that and we kind of lumped it in always with the boys and also Doom Patrol. I'm not sure. Let me get your feet on this. I know we've talked about this before, but just refresh my memory. Where did you put Umbrella Academy after season one when it concerns Doom Patrol, The Boys, and 
Umbrella Academy? Because they all finished their season ones right around the same time. Where did you put um, Umbrella Academy out of those three? So, I mean, they're all really different shows. I don't really have a... I like them all. I'm actually still watching Doom Patrol right now. I'm I'm about halfway through the first season. Umbrella Academy, it's kind of... It has flair, I guess the word would be. Like, the characters are all interesting. It's got comedy, really uh, kind of out there elements. Not as much so as Doom Patrol, but, you know, I it was a good watch. It was fun. It was a... a fun show with a good story how would i compare it to the boys the boys is like a whole different like you go from your slightly family friendly to something that you wouldn't want to show your mom and because of that it's it's kind of hard to compare the two i like all three of them to be honest with you i haven't watched the new season of umbrella academy yet but it's on my list after i finish doom patrol so i'll probably get to that next week sometime it's probably in my top five things that i watched last year if that helps answer your question it was of the three for me i think number three but they were all three of them very very good let's put it for let's put it into context here all three were very good for me but i think that of the three i like the boys the best i put doom patrol second and then i would put umbrella academy third I'm watching Umbrella Academy. In fact, I'm just about finished with it. And my thoughts are on it is it, it's better than the first time go around. I think it is something that people need to go out of the way to see. I think it is really good. I think it gets a little bit hectic on the story narrative because sometimes they're right now in 1963, just before the events of the tragic assassination of John F. Kennedy and how things like that could set into motion as far as the, the apocalypse. I'm not sharing any spoilers because it's on the trailer. But for me, a good watch, even though that sometimes the narrative gets split up between all the characters and it has to tell each and every one of their stories within the span of the same episode, sometimes it doesn't let everything flesh out. But outside of that, the whole dynamic of the family itself of the umbrella academy is the best part of it and how they interact with each other plus the characters themselves are so interesting to watch and i think they've grown as characters that i enjoy them more now than i did last year i think there was still some feeling out process because it was the first season for them they didn't really get into it as as much but i do really like what uh, the you know, let's just say it's gone from Good to very good, to in my estimation. I think it's a very good watch, and I really enjoy seeing the Umbrella Academy this time around. So to be honest with you, I didn't even know, like, they didn't market it very much. So I didn't really know that there was a new season until I went to Netflix last week. I'm like, oh, there's a new season here. So hopefully I'll finish Doom Patrol this week, and I'll be able to start, you know, Umbrella Academy by the time we talk next weekend. But, yeah, I, I, I do really enjoy the show. I think the characters, they were all really well-developed, and I think they have a lot of development left to go. The whole family dynamic is interesting, too, because they're, they're so dysfunctional, you know, and they're, they're learning about each other. They're learning how to get along with each other, how to function. They're learning how to, like, take responsibility for things. So it, it's, it's a fun show, and I think there are things to be learned from it. So it, it's definitely something I am excited about. I'm excited about it, too. I can't wait to see what they have planned ahead for the future obviously the ending is uh, you know it's having a lot of people talk about it so i won't go into detail because there's still a lot of people out there who haven't seen it yet but it is like i said uh, on a better note 
and it was already off to a good note before in season one, but this is even better. So season two of Umbrella Academy is really getting off to me for a good note. Hoping everybody will give it a chance. If you haven't seen it, Umbrella Academy season two. Season one is also available on Netflix. Doom Patrol, I know we got to talk about that. Let me ask you this. Again, to me, I put those three in a loop as far as Umbrella Academy, Doom Patrol, and The Boys, you know, all three of them in in the loop because of the fact that to me, they, they serve the same type of anti-hero concept. You know, they, they all came out around the same time. So that's how I looped them all together. I thought Doom Patrol Season 2 was good, but I may be leaning towards, as far as, the, you know, of the two right now, between Umbrella Academy and what I was saying with Doom Patrol, I may be leaning towards uh, Umbrella Academy now, but both were still very good. What are your thoughts so far on Doom Patrol? I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's really, I love how aware of itself it is. I can see they're trying to take some cues from Deadpool, which seems to be what everyone's trying to do these days. But I loved, um, you know, I loved how they were on that bus. And I think it was episode two, uh, episode end of episode one, early in episode two, they were on the bus and Mr. Nobody's talking and like, who's going to pay any attention to what you're doing? He goes, well, the people subscribing to DC services, like he says it in the middle of the show. So it's kind of funny, but I like it. Honestly, I think that Brendan Fraser is incredibly talented. It's a shame what happened to him. Uh, you know, all that stuff he's going through, but I think he's incredibly talented. I'm glad he's back on the screen again. His character is messed up, but I mean, there's a lot of layers to that that can be peeled back over several seasons. Yeah. You know, as far as like the radiation guy, you know, what I'm talking about like, uh, yes. the bandages. He seems to be like the cool headed leader of the group. And then they have Rita who has the she turns into the blob and then Cyborg comes in like there's everybody in the show and Jane. Everyone in the show is so different from each other. So it's not just the fact that they're fighting. It's that they don't even belong in the same show. And because of that, it makes it appealing because you want to know what happens next. It's like watching you know, a bunch of people with different personality traits locked in the same room together. Like there's going to be blowups, you know, there's going to be people arguing. There's going to, it's going to get ugly. And so that's what makes it so interesting. It's like watching a scripted reality TV show with superheroes. And it's kind of, uh, I, I love it. I love it. And so I, I'm only on season one. I'm on episode five, I think. So I got a couple more left and then I'll probably, watch umbrella academy then season two but you know it's making i do i do enjoy it i'm curious it's making me want to kind of like check out titans but i don't know if i'll ever get time to do that but uh yeah no it's a good show if you got hbo max it's definitely worth uh sitting down and watching and next month is the boys which uh, you know the sneak peeks i've already been seeing of the boys has me excited for that show because i thought that was the best of all three i think you said the same as well but we're talking about all three being very good shows like i said umbrella umbrella academy is to me a little bit better than doom patrol season two but not by much this we're talking almost about semantics here because all three have managed to maintain that momentum going forward so i'm assuming at this point in time the popularity is still there for each of them and with the boys already being renewed for season three even before season two came out the excitement, excitement level is there for each of those shows. So I'm excited to see what's going ahead and coming up on the future for all three of these programs because they both are interesting. They both have their dynamics. They both have their, like you said, off-the-wall characters that 
shouldn't even be on the same show with each other, but yet somehow they have like a dynamic mix with each other that, that makes for something that's very watchable. And the direction, the way the shows go and the type of narratives that they tell for the most part are really good. I just, like I said, when they get separated and sometimes, sometimes have to tell the stories of each of them and you have to go ahead and continually reference each of them in within the framework of, of one episode, sometimes a little bit gets lost in translation because not enough time is uh, spent to flesh out, you know, these characters as much as they should. But again, those are very small little nitpicking points when you concern the overall as far as the where it goes and how enjoyable it is as a culmination on the end of these shows. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the boys will match up to Umbrella Academy and also Doom Patrol because I think all three are deserving of a look. And I'm just sad that the Emmys and also really the critics associations out there that really don't see these shows for what they are. I mean, those who watch it just absolutely rave about all three shows. I have not heard much of a disparaging word for any of these shows at all. Yeah, it, I honestly, like, I, because of what it is uh, content-wise, it's probably not something that will get viewed by any critic associations just because it's not even on the radar. And we've talked about this before. Like, critic culture is very snobby, so I just I don't see them paying any mind to a show like doom patrol or the boys or or umbrella academy really it's just it's it's a shame but i mean it's just not the type of art that would that wins awards i guess you know if you get a chance please check it out tina marie from the psychedelic podcast i'll tell you what you've got a great show yourself so if you get a chance check that out all three of those shows especially the boys coming out next month umbrella academy out right now and also doom patrol out right now you get a chance to check out those shows and talk about it on your own show. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that on your own show, the Psychedelic Podcast. So I'm giving you a shout out there. If you get a chance, check out her show. It's an awesome one. And for us, when it concerns all three of those shows, it's just something that we're excited to see. They've gone into season two for at least two of them. And we think three of them. We think the boys season two will also be good. But for at least two of them, season two has been definitely continuing that great trend what are your thoughts out there on umbrella academy doom patrol and coming up next month season two of the boys we'd love to hear your thoughts on all three of these season twos and if you enjoy them want to go back into the worlds and you're looking forward to a season three share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com coming up next my friend is going to be ubisoft's hyperscape i should say their entry into the world of Fortnite and also Apex Legends and all the Battle Royals. And I know how much you love Battle Royales. Okay, you don't love Battle Royales, but I know how much you are aware of Battle Royals. And I've spent some time playing Fortnite and Apex Legends. I'm okay with them. I'm not exactly in love with them. I'm not exactly going to go ahead and spend countless hours and countless dollars, which I know Epic and EA are probably sad about, but... I want to hear your thoughts on Hyperscape and if you think Ubisoft's going to put so much into it because you've seen in recent past Amazon and some other entities try their hand at the world of Battle Royales. And unfortunately, even though we thought this might be a fad or some people out there might not this be a fad, 
it's still there, it's still here, it's still strong, and it's still gaining money, so Ubisoft's trying their hand on it. So I want to hear your thoughts on Hyperscape, and if you think it can be something that can match up to Fortnite and Apex Legends, and even Call of Duty Warzone as well. You know what's funny is I don't hear a lot about Call of Duty Warzone anymore. I don't know, I'm sure people are playing it, but like I don't, when people talk about good battle royale games, like the, the ones you do still hear about are Fortnite and uh, Apex Legends. And I got, you know, uh, Brank from Super BS plays Apex Legends a lot and he really likes it. Uh, as for Hyperscape, I feel like Ubisoft wasted so much time talking about this on their, their little, uh, you know, press conference thing. Like it was, this game looks, it looks just like every other battle royale game that, that tries to break the Fortnite and Apex market. Like it, it just, I don't see it doing what they want it to do. I see it being something. I'm sure that it'll find an audience. I'm sure there will be people who play it, but I don't see it being, uh, you know, the destroyer of, of worlds, so to speak, the, the one that catches the market. It's just something that's clinging to a fad. And if, you know, what we've show, seen with Ubisoft a lot of the time is that, outside of their major franchises they haven't really done a great job of supporting other content so i mean sure this could be something cool i just it doesn't look that good to me it doesn't look appealing to me but then again i don't like battle royale games so that might just be me microsoft's talking about some battle royale mode for halo infinite i don't know anything about that yet but i just it's not a game type that really appeals to me and i saw you know we saw with amazon's thing like it this looks similar to what Amazon was trying to do. And then Amazon's market game just, it tanked. No one wanted it. It's the first game in the history of games to go back into beta after it was released. So It also delayed their you... second game too. Yeah. So is it going to be different from them? I, I don't think so, but I could be wrong too. You know, I just, I, it's, the market is becoming so oversaturated with these games. And I just, I don't see them really dethroning any of the big ones. Well, I'll tell you what, if you are interested in a new platform for the Battle Royale genre, you might want to go ahead and check out this week Ubisoft's Hyperscape. It is on going to be on a lot of platforms coming up. And if you're interested, we'd love to hear your thoughts as far as giving it a try. You want to go ahead and, and share us your thoughts on it. Please let us know. We want to hear your thoughts if this is going to be a game that you think go ahead and make its way in the already very, very crowded Battle Royale genre, or if you think that Ubisoft's Hyperscape is just going to go ahead and meet another one of these video games' tragic end. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanic media, game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents... Action Figure Adventure. Super Collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of Action Figure's most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. All right, and we're back with the show. Once again, it is Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos here. Thank you so much for being part of the broadcast here today. She's back. Got to check out what she does each and every day. 
at thetvratingsguide.com, the place to go for everything ratings updates, news updates, opinions, reviews, and so much more, including all their original content that they have as well. You gotta go ahead and check out what they do today in regards to the TV world at thetvratingsguide.com. It is Jessica Boggs. Jessica, thanks for coming back, as always. It's good to be back. And Yellowstone is kicking some butt. Uh, it is one of the few success stories right now on cable in 2020 in regards to ratings are concerned. I want to hear your thoughts on why Yellowstone has connected so well with audiences. I believe it could be the nostalgia as far as Western dramas go. It's like the only Western drama literally on the air at the moment that's like well-produced and heavily promoted. I mean, I've been trying to like find the first two seasons of Yellowstone to stream, but I'm not sure where that's available. But as far as the numbers go, it's kicking butt in the 2554. It's a little above a 1.0 in the demo, almost a 1.1, and it's up like 52.53% from the previous season. I want to ask you a question on this, and it is the benchmark, the foundation for the Paramount Network. I don't watch anything else on the Paramount Network. Are there a lot of other people that just say, hey, I'm going to tune into Yellowstone and not watch anything else? I want to know, what about the other shows that are surrounding it? Because you know, obviously, because of what's going on with Black Lives Matter and the decision that was made to continue Cops, which was a lot of, I think, filler programming for them and some other shows that uh, I think was Live PD. No, Live PD was on another ad network, but I want to hear- That was A&E. Yeah, A&E, that's correct. So I want to hear your thoughts. Is Yellowstone providing a bump up for other shows on the network, or is it the only reason Paramount Network is still alive today? That's literally their flagship show at the moment. Literally one of the only ones that's blowing everything else out of the water, including every other network on Viacom. And so obviously Paramount is doing something right with this show. Again, it's one of the few success stories in cable right now. Cable is losing the battle, losing the fight as far as TV is concerned because there's so many streaming outlets now. You see what Disney Plus is doing with their latest announcement with Mulan, $30 rental, things of that nature. Or you'll have it at least as long as you have the subscription service. You'll be able to go ahead and watch Mulan. You're seeing what Netflix is doing. Cobra Kai and so many other shows are coming over there to Netflix. You're seeing what... HBO Max, and you're seeing what Peacock are doing now. Uh, they're they're really bringing the fight. So it's going to be interesting to see how that divides cable even more, but also broadcast television because these viewers are as they go to other platforms and streaming, they not only walk away from cable, they not only cut the cord from cable, but they also go away from broadcast television as well. And I want to ask you. Since you're such an aficionado on broadcast television, what are your thoughts and what's your update on what's going on with broadcast television? Because summer programming is vastly underrated, but as we've seen, sometimes that can make a difference on one network coming out on top over another. NBC literally won the race last month about in the 1849. CBS won the viewership. Easily had the most wins in viewership. So CBS gets the total viewers 
but NBC gets the key demo and people got to understand out there people ages 18 to 49 are the ones advertisers want the most because those individuals have the most money to spend and of course that's why that the 18 to 49 demo is the most important out there for them to go ahead and focus on so NBC is doing a great job of targeting the right individuals CBS as you and I have spoken about, because they're so drama-laden heavy, have always garnered an older viewership, and thus they're getting a total viewers as far as the number of viewers they're watching more on CBS, but it's not as much in the key demos that advertisers like. But yeah, but even then, it gets to the the nitty-gritty with how the victories here were significantly lopsided. We know, like, after July 5th, America's Got Talent and then the Titan Games only gave NBC like four victories in the 1849. And AGT's presence was also greatly diminished with original episodes only airing twice, mind you. And basically, the rest of AGT was on repeats. Now, I want to ask you this when it concerns ABC and Holy Moly which was such a success first time around. How is the Stephen Curry executive produced show that, which you and I have just efficient, you know, we, we have a liking for this show because of the fact that it draws from stuff like MXC and Wipeout, which were two of the favorite shows I've talked to you about before watching back in the day. And Holy Moly is like an evolvement of that. And the first year really went over wild. These shows do. When you have these type of shows, they seem to get over. How has the second season gone for Holy Well, it didn't necessarily do terrible, but recently it's becoming less impressive. Although Don't and Holy Moly were able to squeeze out one win each for ABC. Even with the show airing repeats three weeks out of four, they were able to get three wins out of Celebrity Family Feud. Holy Moly right now is like, you have a July 16th, it's like, it's at 0.5, and then you have a, and you have literally other shows on Thursday night that are beating it at the moment. And so it's looking a little less impressive for July standards. But it's an automatic renewal, correct? It could, depending on the expenses and stuff. I have a hard time seeing them axing that show. They could. Probably but, uh, not. Probably not. Thursday is like, you know, is what it is. Like there's bigger fish to fry. Whereas Monday nights are Monday nights are consistently pretty low. Let's just say Bachelor Goat is gonna probably get the axe at the moment. Well tell you what, Jessica, again, I appreciate you taking the time to speak to me this month in your August TV update. Once again, it's Jessica Box from the TVRainsGuide.com. So before we head on out, can you give us an update on why people should check out the TVRainsGuide.com and what you're up to there and even Jessica's show as well? We do have ratings reports. We also do have some editorials and TVRG, the original shows, like in the mix and stuff. And and we did have some some highs in the in the traffic recently with the site so we're not exactly dead but we're actually like one of the sites right now that's doing pretty good at the moment (laughs) well that's great news that's great news indeed and 
for people to go ahead and check out why they're doing so well, they need to go ahead and check out thetvratingsguide.com. And Jessica, I cannot thank you enough for stopping by this month for the August TV update. I'm looking forward to our fall TV update that's coming in September. Looking forward to that. It's going to be different. So we're going to go ahead and, and see what we can do to give people an update on what's going on. But it is going to be different the way that's going to be lined out. I think I'm pretty confident in that because of what's going on with coronavirus. As everybody trying to deal with this and everything is different at this point in time. But you and I are going to work through it. We're going to get through it. And we're going to go ahead and provide everybody a great fall TV update in the month of September. Just like you did this month. In August, because again, it is Jessica Box from the TVRatingsGuide.com, and I cannot thank you enough, as always, for stopping by right here at the pub. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. I want to give a big shout out to Eric Hunt on his show because I know he gave us a big shout out so we truly appreciate it. So if you get a chance, check out his show, What If We're Right. Also as well, the Psychedelic Podcast. Again, Tina Marie does a great job and her whole entire crew there, they get do a great job on that show. So if you get a chance, check it out, the Psychedelic Podcast. They've been a great supporter of this show and we would like to go ahead and acknowledge them and thank them for doing so. And I'd like to say, hey, they've got a great show too. You gotta go ahead and check it out indeed. So before we head on out, my friend, I wanna go ahead and touch on two more subjects. And that is first off, Star Trek Lower Decks. From the people behind Rick and Morty, they just debuted the first episode, Star Trek Lower Decks. I got a chance to see it. I want to ask your thoughts. First off, how big a fan are you of Rick and Morty? How big a fan are you of the show? Is this something you've been always in tune to? I know you've commented on the show for now and then, but what are your real thoughts on Rick and Morty? Uh, it's something that I really like. have to be in a good mood to enjoy. You know, it's The comedy is very, like... Not, I don't want to say ADD, but it's very like sporadic, you know. It's all just like, ah, hey, hey, Rick, Marty. Like, it, it's all very like in your face. It's very abrasive. And I just like, it's not always what I'm in the mood for. So I've seen a few episodes, but I don't really go out of my way to watch it. I've seen a few episodes as well. I've enjoyed it. It is what it is. Like you said, you got to be in a right mood for it. Well, the people behind that show have gone ahead and delved into the Star Trek universe, which when it was first announced, people had been scratching their heads like, what? Really? Star Trek's going there? Well, it did come out last week, the first episode to CBS All Access, and it's pretty good. I'm going to tell you right now, it's pretty good. It isn't a laugh riot, but as far as an amusing show that delves into the Star Trek lore, faithfully, I might add, and mentions and drops a lot of things within the Star Trek universe, which I know, Josh, you have not yet become part of. Shame on you. Live long and prosper, though. But I will tell you this, my friend. It is something that you don't necessarily have to be invested into the Star Trek universe in order to enjoy it. 
If you have somewhat of a vague familiarity with the Star Trek lifestyle and know that individuals that are based on the lower decks are usually, if they're dressed in red, they're, red means dead on Star Trek and all those other tropes that they've you've always seen and heard from previous episodes and previous seasons of previous shows from in the Star Trek universe. It does go delve into that a little bit, but for the most part, it, it has its own niche, and I think it's something that I think a lot of people are going to be enjoying in upcoming episodes, so hopefully everybody will give it a chance. I mean, it's not the greatest thing in the world, and it's certainly not going to make you laugh your socks off, but as something that's going to be giving you a smile, and for those in the Star Trek universe, a little bit more, something different, because Star Trek Picard was eh, kind of eh. And Star Trek Discovery is still, you know, like I said, on the way for season three. That seems to be getting over very well with people. But with with so many Star Trek shows either coming out or on its way out, this is a show that I think might find its niche just because it's so vastly different than anything you've seen from Star Trek before. So this is, is this kind of a comedy or is it just an oh, yeah, animated thing? Yeah. Okay, all right. Is it, would you rate it amongst, you know, like the Fox comedy, Simpsons style comedy, or is it, because I know on like Family Guy, especially, they've done a lot of Star Trek bits on there. Is that kind of a 20 minute Family Guy bit, or is it its own kind of thing? It's own, it's its own show, but the style and the comedic style is very heavily based in the Family Guy, even less like Rick and Morty. It's more Family Guy ish type humor. Very quick okay. hitting, very referential, things of that nature. So it is something that you have to go ahead and really get into. But I liked it. I liked it for what it's worth. I will be seeing future episodes. But it's not something I'm going to tell you that it's going to be the laugh out loud type scenario here. But it is something that it is does put a smile on your face. I think when all is said and done, it's a quick watch. These are, going, these are not long episodes by any stretch of imagination. They're, they're short episodes and they... Go ahead, they're about and get you through. I mean, just like I said, if if you're looking for something different on your Star Trek palette, this is definitely something worth a watch. Okay, all right. So, would you say people who like Star Trek but don't like cartoons would they find this appealing? That's a very good question. I would probably say that they're probably going to bypass it simply because the fact if they don't like animated features or animated half-hour sitcoms for all intents and purposes, they're probably going to go ahead and still avoid it. But if you've got a light heart for Star Trek lore, or even if you just like that family guy style of comedy, with little shades of Rick and Morty thrown in there, then I'd say go ahead and give it a try, because it's something that I think in the overall Star Trek pantheon, it's a nice palate cleanser to go ahead with the overall unevenness of what we've seen in recent past with Star Trek Picard the good when it comes to Star Trek Discovery and what's coming up on the horizon with all the Star Trek shows. You're going to get into a lot of heavy in the Star Trek universe. This is a light palate cleanser, and I and that I think I like it for that alone. Okay, all right, right on. When is it on? Where is it on? Is it on CBS All Access mm-hmm. or is it on TV? CBS okay. All Access, all right. yeah. Yes, yes, you got to do those subscriptions. That's right, but it is free. You can get a free, I think, seven days. So if you want to give it a try, the episodes drop each and every Thursday. So if you want to check out or wait till Thursday, let that episode drop so you catch a couple episodes or wait until the season ends. I'm not sure if it's eight or 12 episodes, but it's going to be something where 
want to go ahead by the end of the year, catch it, get that free trial, knock it out. I think it's something that's going to be well worth your Star Trek time. What are your thoughts out there on Star Trek Lower Decks? Something that came out very recently to Star Trek to CBS All Access. Truly enjoyed it. Thought it was pretty good. Thought it was something that I think everybody out there kind of want to watch, especially if you're into Star Trek lore. But please, I want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also saw PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. All right, my friend, we made it to the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to thank Jessica Box from TVRatingsGuide.com for being on today's show. Check out her monthly updates each and every time out right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, plus all of her work on Jessica's show, wherever you can get your podcasts, and, of course, the TVRatingsGuide.com, where you see all the updates and views and ratings updates and renew cancel indexes and all that. Truly appreciate Jessica for being on the show today. Also, check out again What If We're Right, that podcast, the Psychedelic Podcast, Tina Marie, her show. Just want to go ahead and give one last big props to those, both those shows for doing what they do and go ahead and check out those shows as well after you check out ours. Again, if you get a chance, five stars if you can. Also, as well, throw those Facebook gaming stars whenever we're doing this. And then if you can like, share, and support us any way you can here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's greatly appreciated. But before you head on out, my friend, I know you were on pins and needles as a gamer that you are waiting for this. Fast and Furious Crossroads came out this past weekend. Okay, maybe no one or virtually no one was forward to this game, but you had a chance to take a look at a little bit of it. I had a chance, well, the unfortunate opportunity to take a look at this. This game looks bad. And the ratings have already come out for this game on many levels. When you don't get a chance to review it ahead of time, and the reviews don't come out until after it's been released, that's usually, usually, the high sign on how bad the game is. This game, to me, is bargain bin worthy already, my friend. And unfortunately, we'll get into here to a second as far as film adaptations for, for video games. But I want to ask you this, my friend. You got a chance to check out some Fast and Furious Crossroads. Well, it plays like a Xbox 360 Need for Speed game, and it is scripted like a mobile game. Uh, it just it it does not have anything that makes it a winner. I guess like it's just it's you know, and it's just so weird hearing Vin Diesel's voice. You know, it rem- it makes me feel like I'm at Universal Studios, except like I don't want to keep playing it you know it's it's just just watching those trailers like it's it's cringeworthy it's almost like uh i don't know remember the wolverine adaptation that was out on like playstation 2 like it kind of a video game based on a film that just it's but that's all it is like there's no substance to it i want to say this my friend uh first off i think that ride massive furious ride i think that's being closed down am i did i hear rumors of that I'm not 100% sure on that, but my daughter, I think, gave me the high sign that they're possibly, possibly getting rid of those rides because I guess they're not very popular. I went on it. Wow. I like the King Kong one. I'm not 100% sure on that. So, you know, uh, I've just, like I said, it's it's something that if you've played the game or if you get a chance to play Fast and Furious Crossroads, you need to do something a little bit more constructive with your time or find a better game because this is utter trash. You were so kind 
in your narration and your summation of the video game. But I'm going to tell you, the Xbox 360, I think if it went on there, it would be actually looking bad on the Xbox 360. Probably run on the lower end of that. So it, it really is not a very good looking game. It doesn't look like it's very... It's it Basically, it's out there just as trying to see if anybody will buy it. And that's to me, it's coming out at the wrong time. The Fast and Furious movie is not coming out till next year. They could have delayed this, put fleshed it out, could have improved the graphics, could have spent more time on it. But the rush to get this out, I have no idea why they did this or why this game exists. But you could have waited another year and fleshed this game out even. Yeah, well, it it looks and sounds like a mobile game. Like it, just watching that trailer, I was waiting at any minute for something to pop up to say, Hey, if you want to buy a turbocharger for $6, you know, that's what I was waiting for that to pop up on the screen. It's very disappointing. And before I get to your thoughts on Jojo rabbit, before we head on out, my friend, uh, I want to go ahead and ask this. I thought in 2020, we had gotten rid of seriously bad film video game adaptations. But unfortunately that's not the case. It's great to see that a lot of video games are now becoming movies like Uncharted and, and so many others that are coming out and or so many others that are at least being worked on and, and are in production and being signed up, which is great to see. But when it goes the other way in these films to video games, I thought in 2020 that these studios, realizing how much money it takes to go ahead and build a decent video game, just stopped doing these cash grabs because they're not even cash grabs because nobody's buying them. Yeah, well, I mean, these developers, like they're getting their shot. You know, they're getting their shot if I so-and-so is paying me to make a Fast and the Furious game. This is my shot. If this game is even remotely good, it could bring attention to some of our other products, you know, and we could use the money that we get from this to create what we actually want to make. It's it's a sad scenario for a lot of this stuff. Even Marvel, with all their money, has not been able to succeed in making a game based on one of their movies. They don't even do it anymore. Remember back in the day, they had there was an Iron Man game. There was an Incredible Hulk game. There's a Thor video game came out. I don't know about Captain America, but I mean, yeah, there was like those games did so bad and they just were so bad. Rocksteady obviously did great things with Batman, but it wasn't based on any specific movie as much as just the comic book properties. So, you know, I I thought we were past those days, too. I mean, the Wii, PlayStation 2, Xbox, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Wii era, those the first decade of this century was really a bad time for film video game adaptations because a lot of them were really just cash grabs. I get that, especially with the Wii. Everybody wanted to go ahead and just get into the Wii and make a bargain binware and just throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But I thought we've got past that. Well, I mean, in their defense too, like this, I guess if you're going to put out a trash game, like this would be the right time to do it because there's not really anything coming out. So, I mean... Yeah. And video game spending is up. Yeah, so if that market, like if the video game market is doing one thing in their favor, it's the fact that there's nothing else to play. So, I mean, you know, you you never know. It might find, it might land in the hands of a few people, but yeah, I just, I don't see it being anything noteworthy. Or it might land in the bargain bin at your local retailer very soon. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. What are your thoughts out there on Fast and Furious Crossroads? 
I, I cannot imagine that they will be very good thoughts, but we want to hear it nonetheless. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, I know you had just recently caught one of the, I guess, most acclaimed movies of last year. I believe also as well an Academy Award-nominated film, Jojo Rabbit from Taika Waititi. want to hear your thoughts on that film because I know you had some recent comments on social media that you wanted to go ahead and express. So the floor is yours. I saw it last year. I enjoyed it. It was pretty good for me. It was one of the top 20 films I saw last year, but it wasn't like at that top five level or that that's just really hit me. I, I'm not sure if it deserved an Academy Award, but I thought it was still pretty good. For me. Well, okay, so I'm going to write a review on this, but you know, I'll, I'll give you a few things that have come to mind when watching this movie. I, I mean, is it worthy of an Academy Award? I don't know. I think it's an important film especially in you know 2019 2020 this era we, we're living in where it, it's become all about labels right it's, it's all these these labels where it's it's your your republican your democrat your liberal your conservative like we get so caught up in these labels and like that that they kind of did a good job of pointing out like you know they, they compared political fanaticism to nazi germany which was a bunch of political fanaticism and just how we we just completely destroy each other over these titles and it's they did a good job of like really making you step back and go whoa i mean i am dehumanizing people because of what they believe in politically and you know and even the 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 other lesson here is that like we get so caught up in these political beliefs that we forget to love i mean i look at the relationship between jojo and his mom the relationship between jojo and the uh, the girl that they were hiding like how she said, when this war is over, the first thing I want to do is go out in the street and dance. Like we get so caught up in this debate and this fervor that we don't take the time to really appreciate the the beauty that's in life is because we're so busy sitting behind the keyboards, like typing, ah, hey, you are wrong, you know, stuff like that. And it's, you know, this movie does a good job of making you like appreciate life, you know, and just kind of seeing seeing yourself objectively, I guess, you know, and outside of the realm of what the movie teaches i think that is really well done i think taika waititi did a great job of making you feel things for these characters but also like kind of getting you to laugh at it you know making fun uh the, the opening scenes like joe th- that kid jojo like he he did such a great job in that role sam rockwell is is fantastic like the movie teaches you quite a it, it has so much feeling in it so it's such a warm film but it's also like tragic and like I've never been on a on a roller coaster like that before. So, uh, you know, I'm gonna elaborate more about this in my review. But it, it's just I think it's an incredibly important film. And if you get a chance to watch, if you have HBO Max or whatever, I would definitely take the time to sit down and watch this because there is a lot of great things that can be learned from. And I don't know if people necessarily got that when they watched it, but it's a pretty powerful movie. It is a pretty powerful film. It does have a lot to say. I won't. Uh agree with you on that said i thought it was a pretty good watch i didn't think it was top five material as far as for last year but i thought it was something that was very enjoyable and it had a lot of meaning and messages sent to it so i agree with you that jojo rabbit is something that i think even still today resonates so well and looking forward to seeing more from taika watiti as the movies go forward looking forward to that my friend yep he's he's a talented man if you have any thoughts out there on jojo rabbit or you want to go ahead and check out Josh's work, 
please share today. It's going to be, you know, either popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or check out his upcoming thoughts on it at popculturecosmos.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Got more coming up this week on the Friday episode of the PCC Multiverse. Any last thoughts? Uh, not really. I think we covered everything I was wanting to cover. I'm, I'm curious if this next week's going to bring more announcements from Disney about movies coming out or even Universal. So it, it Disney definitely has paved the way for something with Mulan. So we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to that DC Fundome, and maybe Marvel might have something like you said sneaking up before it. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great What's new on the 42 cast? Let's ask my co-hosts. We're talking about Doctor Who. Comic book shows and movies. And we're talking about all things Star Trek. (laughs) And so much more. Check us out on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. It's only on the 42 cast. Your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. So Nathan, when are we finally talking Babylon 5? You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.